been a while since you guys have heard my voice in an intro like this, other than, you know, the standard one where I've been asking you to go to the website. There's a reason that I'm here. If you guys are aware of this, you might not be aware of it. There is this show, which is currently called Creative Minds. And then there is another show that I do every week with my friend Lam Wen, which is called Random Badassery. And if you've been around really long, you know that originally this feed was the Random Badassery feed. And then when things changed and that show went away, I made this into what it is now. Well, I have exciting news for you, especially if you've noticed it's been a few weeks since I put it out an episode on this feed. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the background, a lot of very good stuff, um, a lot of stuff that just needed to be dealt with, which is why I haven't been able to put out an episode. But the reason I bring that up is you probably still want to hear episodes, right? Well, I'm going to make this feed into something that for some reason never occurred to me before. And now with all the stuff going on behind the scenes makes sense to do. I'm going to take this feed and I'm going to call it random badassery again. And I'm going to take the random badassery show and I'm going to put it in this feed along with what's already here. So what you're going to get is one super massive feed. So you're going to get episodes of me talking to friends. You're going to get episodes of me talking to strangers. And every week you're going to get an episode of me and Lamb talking and laughing and saying ridiculous things. So you're going to get a whole lot more all in one place. It just makes sense. And why am I taking the name Random Badassery and putting it here? Because for a feed that does all kinds of different things, who knows, maybe I'll even do some solo episodes like I used to do. What name fits better for a feed like that than Random Badassery? So if you're listening to Creative Minds right now, you're still going to get the episodes that you heard before. You're just going to get more. And it's going to have the old name, which for some of you might be the new name. And if I haven't confused you completely at this point, all I'm saying is stick around because there's cool stuff coming. And today will be the first time. I'm going to just throw in this week's episode of Random Badassery, the episode with me and Lamb. And if you are used to my more reserved interview style, you're going to hear something a little bit different. We joke around and uh, I'll be honest with you. This episode starts with me talking about a dog fart. This is Random Badassery. You've had dogs a lot in your years on the planet. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever just had that fart that is the perfect timbre that just all of a sudden <laughs> the dog just starts barking? Like, what is that? They think it's another animal? <laughs> yes, I have, actually. It's like a very special breed of... <laughs> well, I mean, it's, and there's a certain number of things, too. Like, it's got to be a certain smell. It's got to be a certain <laughs> volume. Like, I mean, there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> that just happened about 10 minutes ago. The dog was in the middle. It, it was it was so good that the dog was in the middle of his food. And all of a sudden, his ears perked up and he's looking out the window, barking. And I'm I'm laughing hysterically because, you know, how am I going to explain to him? Like, no, that that was that was me. That was that was dinner. <laughs> wow. Didn't know we'd start there. Hey, we started with the um, not a bang. With a boom. With a with a with a poot. 
with a poot. Um, listeners, listeners, if you listen to the last two episodes, um, so we tried that experiment with two episodes a week. It was fun, but it just felt weird for me. And I, I think you felt the same way too, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's this. It felt like a lightning roundish kind of conversation, and I don't think either of us really conversate that way. Yeah, so it's very odd. Like, it's something about it just didn't quite feel right. Yeah, and it felt like even the one where we went longer because we were trying to cover less stuff in that episode, and we we really went deep into that stuff. We didn't have the goofy stuff to balance it out. It just, it lost some of what I love about the show. You know, if you go back three episodes, what was that? 63, Harry Areas. That was yeah. the one we were saying. It felt like a radio show. That's that's the optimal feel I want for this show. So we're not sure. going to do those two episodes right now. Maybe one day we'll figure out how to do two in a week, but uh, I don't know. You, you guys spread the word. And if we get enough followers that we decide that that's something we want to invest in, we'll do it. Until then, we're just going to do this the way that's fun. Well, I think like, I think for both of us, it's a matter of making it worth it too. Um, if we had more time to dedicate, not just to the show, but to the, the the pursuits that make the show more entertaining, then we'd have more material to cover properly that way. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always so much stuff that we can read and watch and do in a week with all the other things we have to do to you know survive yeah, in the exactly. world. Especially because as, as, as I'm sure very few people realize, and this is probably true for a lot of podcasters too, this is not the only thing we do. In fact, this is the 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 thing that I don't even know. Like it's it's bonus for us throughout the course of the week. We live completely separate lives on top of that. So right, yeah. So if we if we get to a place where we can, where we have enough people following and we have supporters and we can reduce some of that other time doing stuff that we don't like. We can do more of this. I would love to get to a point where we, where our life was just doing the stuff that we bring into the show. Because all this stuff is the stuff I love. Reading yeah, sure. and watching and thinking and apparently farting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that would, that would be ideal. I mean, especially considering I'm so sick and tired of my day job too. So, I mean, there's a lot going on with all of that too. And especially with uh, what's been going on in my life lately. I'm kind of taking a long, hard look at everything and kind of redefining, you know, when you have moments of, of vast change, you, 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 you can take the opportunity to take a look at all the things that can, that, that make up your life and decide which ones are valuable and which ones aren't. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's some things too that, you know, like things like this, where it's just like, you're doing it, but if it's not in the right vein and you're not getting the right feel from it, you know, like Actually, this ties into something I was going to talk about later. I've I've kind of gone through this a little bit with the other podcast with Creative Minds recently. Um, if you're not getting that, I don't know how how would I don't want to say excitement because it makes it sound like you know like this is a thrill ride or something like that. If you're not getting the fulfillment, and, oh, sure, and the right vibe from it. It, it becomes laborious. It becomes a task and then you don't want to do it. And then, then that means you're doing something wrong, especially if it's something that is something you love. If you can manage to squeeze all of the blood and all the guts out of it, then it, you're just playing with, you know, a, a dead doll. Yeah. All dolls are dead. What the fuck am I saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if the no, doll definitely. isn't dead, you probably shouldn't play with it. Let's start well, there. Well, I mean, there are definitely... I, I will say that there are balance points to that too, though. I don't believe that to be 100% true all the time. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, there are times where things that you enjoy become hard. Um, 
And in those moments, you have a choice that you can make, right? Like you, you can choose to fight through the difficulty and come out the other side, hopefully better, or you can give up on that thing and change it, you know? Um, right. Well, I think I'm not, there's that too. I'm not making the argument of, you know, like the only do things that you love because that's bullshit. Um, sometimes you have to do things you don't love, but, and that are difficult and that are hard, but uh, you still get some sort of fulfillment out of them because you know that you're, you know, like uh, writing. Writing is not always fun. Sometimes it fucking sucks. But when I finish a session, there is a sense of fulfillment. Um, maybe it goes back to kind of what we had talked about in one of the last two episodes, that identity thing. You know, it's sure. like you're fulfilling a part of your identity. So, you you know, like uh, people who work with autistic children, I'm sure it's really trying. And they probably come home exhausted and frustrated. But there's also a sense of them that's like, ah, oh, but I'm doing that thing that I really wanted to do with my life. Sure. And I, that, I think that that's kind of like what I'm trying to express here is like when, when these things, which like you said, are icing, which are extra things on our week, when the mood of them changes to where it's like, this isn't, this isn't something I'm looking forward to doing, even when it's hard. Or even when it's easy, maybe is a better way to say it. I'm not looking forward to do this even when it's easy. Sure. Then something's wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm I'm going through those hard questions in my own life right now when it comes to you know, you, you, there's 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 something to be said uh, for finding comfort in routine. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's there you fall into the trap of that. I know I definitely did. Um where something was not necessarily benefiting me, but it was safe and it was comfortable. And that is no way to make decisions. That's the most chicken shit way you can make decisions about your life. And I realized in having to reevaluate everything that I made more decisions like that than I was consciously aware of. Yeah, for the big stuff, you definitely don't want it. The small stuff, sure, why not? You know, like yeah. the whole Steve Jobs whole thing about the uniform, wear the same shirt every day. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to farm off that tendency to to love that routine. It's a good way to sure. farm that off to your usefulness. But when you're talking about what you do every day and the way you interact with people and how you see yourself, yeah, you probably don't want to be operating on that low automatic mode all the time. Yeah, it's one of those those value propositions, right? Like you have to ask what something's worth to you. Yeah, I think you... I mean, you can't... We would all love to be able to do that every day, but I think we go insane. But you do have to go through those moments where you're like, okay, check in, check yeah, in. Sure. Once a week, once a month, at least just for... It's really easy to end up doing shit that you don't want to do without realizing it. Yeah. I mean, you, and, especially and, as you get older. And the, the tough part about that too is if you don't ask the question often enough, it can, it can often cost you something that um, you really, really valued. You know, like I, I go back to part of the, you know, obviously the reason why I'm asking the questions of myself at this point is because of the end of the relationship, right? Right. And the the core principle that I'm trying to, or the edict that that comes along with all of that for me is that I did not ask that question nearly enough of my own life. And so my unhappiness bled slowly into the relationship. And I'm, I'm starting to see more and more, as, as amicable as the split was, I'm starting to see more and more that there were plenty of things that I fell into that were detrimental to both myself as well as the relationship. And I don't want to ever let myself fall into those traps ever again. Yeah, it's 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 shockingly easy to do. I mean, not to compare these two things, but you know, going back to creative minds, I think that's that the, a lot of I, I built bad habits with that show. That uh, I'm not. It's not that I'm not proud of things that I made on that show. It's just that 
I got to a point where, by the way, I'm not getting rid of the show. So when I keep talking about it like that, <laughs> make that clear <laughs> right away. Um, sure. I got to a point where certain things about it really frustrated me. Um, you know, we've talked on here before about how I suck at sending emails to get... I also suck at just like organizing that because in reality, I'm good at it. I'm very organized. So I can say, you know, here's here's the days and times I'm available. And will you, what when are you available? Okay, let's put that on the calendar. The rest of the world does not cooperate in that organized of a manner. Sure. So what ends up happening sometimes is some, some people... Um, juggle it around and push it off so much that by the time I sit down to talk to them, I'm kind of annoyed with them. <laughs> and that's not, doesn't make for a good mood to go into that. Like I'm not going to use any names here. And as and nobody went super severe on this. Um, a lot of this was low level. The people that really frustrated me, people that never made it onto the show that strung me along and then dropped the ball on me and wasted all of my time. And um, for example, one person who probably would have been the biggest name that I would have ever had on that show strung me along for six months. Um, and I don't mean in short term, I mean like, yeah, let's do it next Tuesday. Awesome. And then we would get prepped to do it. I'd be, I mean, we, I mean, I would get prepped to do it. And then the person would say, Oh, I'm out of town this week. Well, shit. Why didn't you tell me that last week when you set it up? And then, so it'd be, we'll do it when I get back. And then it'd be two weeks. And then, so then I hit him up, this person up again, and I'd say, All right, let's do this. Okay, yeah, next week. And that happened over and over again, probably close to 20, 25 times in six months. Wow. So finally, I got to a point where I'm like, Either this person is just a complete flake, which I don't want to think of the person, or their life is just that busy and they don't care about this enough. So I dropped it and I just never messaged them again. And that, making that decision, it stung for a while. Kind of, I mean, I don't want to relate this to your relationship in magnitude, but in uh, similarity in the sense that, you know, like that because of that thing that stung, you know, because of the breakup that stung you, you're reevaluating things. It caused me to look at everything and go, do I want to continue to do this? Do I want to continue to go through where this can happen over and over again? And no, I don't. And and it's surprisingly analogous to um, the end of the relationship. You know, one of the faults that I realized I had was that, you know, I never really said yes to things. Um, you know, like I didn't go out enough. I didn't hang out enough. I didn't do cool, fun things with her often enough. Um, and so she stopped asking at some point and I didn't even realize that she had stopped asking, you know? Right. So it's it's so it's weird how that happens. Like it's it can be much more gradual than you think, and and the the cost that you pay sometimes for that lack of awareness is just. In my case, for example, it's it's crippling. It's absolutely brutal, you know. Um, and I'm not sure how to. It's even hard to talk about now. And I, I feel like it, it will always be in some way to me, just because of how much that relationship meant to me. Um, but it definitely is a daily, almost hourly reminder of how I can get lost in myself and forget the reason I'm doing things. Right. Yeah. And when when you go through something like both of us are going through, um, you know, where it's, it's this thing that happens. And then you you start to evaluate things and you start to look at yourself. Even when you look at yourself and go, okay, uh, here's where I did something I could have done different. 
Um, here's where things were out of my control. Um, regardless, it affects your self-esteem. And, sure. it, and in, in different ways for each of us, I'm, I'm sure completely different ways. Um, I, I can't speak for you and I'll let you speak for yourself after I finish this. Um, but for me, it made me go, maybe I'm not good at this. You know, like maybe people don't want to, maybe it's hard for me to get people on the show because I suck at this. Mm. And I, I went through several, several weeks of, of that until I realized it's not me. It's that I'm doing something that I'm not in 100%. Mm-hmm. And until I can adjust that to that, then yeah, maybe that comes across. Or maybe I was just doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's I mean, I, I, I can't even describe to you... I had the much more severe version of that because it made me question, you know, my capabilities as a, a human being, um, right. a man, no less. Um, and yeah, I mean, I definitely had those moments. You know, if anyone who, who's met me in real life um, can attest to, um, I'm a pretty confident or at least outwardly confident guy, and I'm pretty sure of myself most of the time. Um, and this shattered that. I mean, for better or for worse, it's, it's, and it's not to say that I'm some sad lump of shit sitting around not doing anything, but it definitely made me really, really understand what that is to me. Like, you know, the, the ability to find confidence in moments of weakness and the ability to, to, to contemplate my, my situation and circumstance in such a way that is, is fair and valid to me, but also accurate to the situation you know like i didn't want to beat myself up but i realized that i did need to beat myself up a little bit because there were definitely things that i wasn't good at and i think in the phase that i am now i'm okay with not being good at some things as long as i know that i'm consistently working on them so it isn't it isn't a value proposition anymore because it definitely was for about a week where i was like you know am i just bad at this am i just not good at relationships you know as i lost the best thing in my life and and i i did that you know, don't get me wrong. Like in, at the end of every relationship, it's always two people who end up making a succession of decisions or not making certain decisions that lead to the end of the relationship. But I definitely see my part in it very clearly now, and that's a tough thing. To, that's a tough thing to 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 swallow. Um, you know, that's a tough fact to come to terms with um, because it's easy in in. I think I think I wrote this in a journal entry somewhere. You know, like. It, Anger is easy. Um, hate is easy. Love is very, very hard um, because love uh, love requires you to have a certain level of care and self-awareness for you and the other person that transcends the pain that you feel. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm now in that phase where I've, 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 I've made that choice. I've made that decision that love is going to win. And in doing so, I have to see things clearly. And that is a very brutal perspective to have. Well, the beautiful part about it too, though, once you, once you get into that, though, is, is when you even go through these doubts, all these things in any circumstance, you have the opportunity to reshape things and to re-steer the ship, you know, to right the ship, as they say. Sure. You know, like, uh, like I know that when last summer came around and I had to... I had changed the show, the Creative Mind show to like this interview format. Um, I went through this like realization of like steering the ship and I've been steering by that and I'm still close to that. But I realized that in doing the show in the process, I had learned things about myself 
that I didn't know when I made that decision. And, and as, as that was slowly veering, you know, what I thought was the goal and what the real goal was, as those two things began to separate, you know, like you said about things that you saw, you know, things that happened in your relationship, you didn't see, um, Mm -hmm. because you're, you think you're on the right path. So you, or I keep mixing metaphors here, but you, (laughs) you think the boat is going the right way. So you trust the boat and you trust the direction of the boat. You know, you're trusting the navigator, I guess a good way to say it. But, you know, you don't realize that your navigator is <laughs> looking a different direction. Um, sure. And like for me, like with the show, I had to look and I went, okay, yes, I do want to continue to talk to people. And I had to reconnect with that original purpose and then look at where I am now too and make sure. And I realized I'm like, I don't, I, I do want to talk to you know, strangers, I'll say the word strangers or whatever, you know, like authors and stuff like that. But I don't want that to be the focus of the show. I want those to be things that happen extra, you know, like, oh, cool. I, you know, I, I emailed this person and they wanted to talk and I got to talk to them. I don't want to have to go through that every week. Sure. I want that to come and let that feel good when it happens. But I do want to still talk to people. And I said, well, then who the hell do I think I'm going to talk to? And I think about it, I'm like, I just want to talk to my friends. Sure. I want to talk to my friends every week. And I realized that the tone, even still as the tone had steered um, towards more of the topics, kind of like stuff we talk about here, I realized I'm like, even still in the context, you and I probably have mentioned it five or six times on here, the differences between these two shows, there was still a formality to that show that was weighing on me and I didn't realize it that I didn't, it still felt like an interview and people still came into it like an interview. And I don't want that. I want it to feel like a phone call. I want people to feel like they're eavesdropping on a conversation that's already happening. You know what I mean? And yeah, and I, and I will say the the shows I like best that have that interview format definitely feel that way, you know? Well, it's just, it's, in order to talk about the things that I want to talk about on there, you can't do it in a strict Q&A format. It's got to happen organically, which means that ridiculous, just like here, you know, we talk, we, we, I come in with these notes, but we go, we veer off into places, but I never think that when we veer off, like, oh, well, shit, everything's ruined because we veered off. When we veer off, we go, oh, cool. We found a, a, a little, you know, nugget to mine. And that's, 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 that's what happens. So I, for me, like, I'm, I'm going to refocus that show, but then I also like, and I wasn't really going to say anything about this publicly, but I guess I will. Um, the name has been kind of a problem. <laughs> um, I've told people a lot of the reasons, personal reasons of why it's a problem, just because, you know, like if you search in iTunes, you get like seven or eight creative minds of some sort. Not that big of a deal. But um, I have been contacted a few times, um, not legally contacted, <laughs> but kind of asked nicely to change my name. A few times, but I've never actually told anybody this um, because there are a lot of, how should I say this? There are a lot of things that use the name Creative Minds that are for children. And my show is definitely not for children. Sure. Um, and I don't, part of me really wants to change the name and part of me really doesn't because of what happened last time. Um, it, it was like a shot in the in the fucking leg last time. Because I lost like a th- when I, over half the audience from changing the name, um, but 
I think now's the time to do it. Sure. I mean, for, for things like, for things like this, I mean, you, I, I'm realizing that now in our relationship or in the relationship too, is that you do it as early as you can. Yeah. And, and it sucks. Like you said, um, you know, you're afraid to do it, but it, you kind of have to, I mean, like if I change, if I'm, if I refocus the show too, the, the name doesn't really fit. I mean, it does and it doesn't, it's too specific and too general at the same time. Yeah. True. So I don't know, like uh, you, I, I texted you about some of the names. I was thinking Talk Hard, which is a, um, a reference to pump up the volume, which we've talked about on here before. Mm-hmm. But then um, someone else started, Daniel actually from content, started throwing out a bunch of other ideas at me. Some of me was just kind of joking. And I, I don't know why, I just, I'm like joking back. And I typed in, don't hang up. And then I was like, actually, that one's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that one's, that one's catchy. I actually really like that one. So we'll see. Maybe maybe soon creative minds will be called Don't Hang Up. I don't know. It changes. What, I mean, anybody, have we, have we bummed anybody Whoa. out? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, 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 I'm, I'm still just in the middle of this, you know, like the, the, there's, I, I'm, I'm having that struggle um, as a person, you know, like how cool do I want to be about things like at the end of a relationship, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yes, you know, her stuff is still here and like, I don't want to be a jerk about getting her stuff out because she's like struggling trying to find a place to live and stuff like that. So, so, but, but by that same token, you know, it means that I have to live in the, the horror of, of it's like living in a war zone, um, uh, living, living in, in the detritus of a burned out building that you once lived in before the destruction. And every single day I, I have to face I, in a way it's good because it means I have to face my emotions and I can't just distract myself and hide from them. Um, but by that same token too, it also means that I live in the emotion too presently and I can't escape it unless I physically leave my house. Well, speaking of that, that emotion, I know it's early because we're, this isn't Sunday, but um, going to our follow-ups, did you have a chance to even record your song? I totally did. Nice. Yeah, I wasn't only, sure because it's like four days earlier than we had planned. No, not not only did I record it, um, I got a BMI account. Um, I set up a tune core. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to... Because you can either pay for one song or you can pay for an album. And the album's unlimited. Um, so you can, wow. put like 50, you can put like 20 songs up if you feel like it. Or you can pay half the price of an album and put up just one song. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm trying to figure out whether I, I, I'm comfortable with just putting out one song for now um, and then paying for an album later or whether I want to feel whether I want to get to the album level before I do it. Um, my instinct is to just put up the one song just so I can reach the milestone. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Take a bite what it, you can chew. Yeah, just just bite it off. Other, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like this first song was really easy to write, but they may not all be that way, you know? Yeah, not likely. Not likely. Yeah. I doubt it. And they're probably going to get progressively worse. So, well, not Who progressively these challenges worse. were going to be so damn useful. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, I, 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 I literally the next day, um, I wrangled our friend Ryan um, to, to go to a studio. We brought a bunch of studio equipment back to the house and recorded the piano because I took your advice um, and recorded it in all of its shittiness um, because it adds so much character to the song. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it sounds pretty good. I mean, it, it actually doesn't sound as crappy as I want it to sound. 
but that's that's it's it's harder to make something sound bad than it is to make it sound good strangely you know oh yeah because you're trying to replicate something sure you're trying to replicate a tone whereas when it you know if it happens on accident awesome but when you you know when you're trying to perfect something you just don't like it it can be more flexible you know oh it sounds clean and that can be yeah that can be your definition of perfect. But when you're trying to make something imperfect, you're trying to nail one specific thing. Exactly. It's kind of like, um, there's a song. I don't remember what song it is, but I don't even remember the name of the damn album, but it was the, what the hell's that band? name? Jesus spoon. Um, <laughs> spoon's big album. I can't remember what the hell the album was called. The black and white cover one. It had cherry bomb on it. Um, oh, man. there's, there's a song on there where the guitar player kind of, it's not really a guitar solo. He's just doing something with the guitar and it's just off. It's just a little bit broken, but in the best possible way. And uh, I remember when that album came out, Eric Victorino and I were in the car and we were listening to that song and Eric went, you know how hard it is to play like that, like that broken. And I'd heard the song a bunch of times. I loved it. I loved that it was broken, but I never thought about how hard it was to do that. And Ever since, every time I hear that song, ever since I think about that, it's hard to do it the wrong way, in the sure. right way. You know, like people talk about Basquiat. Oh, anybody could slop up paint on there. No, I've seen people try to do Basquiat style, and it looks like shit. Yeah, he's the only one that made it like look like cool shit. He just yeah. did it right. And I mean, that's unilaterally true with a lot of artists too. Like I think about Jackson Pollock, right? Like I, I, I thought Pollock was a a funky, just like an overrated hack in right. my younger days. And now I see so much more brilliance in his work and how hard it is to create that kind of balanced texture that's seemingly random um, in such a way that is pleasing or or affecting, you know? Right. Yeah, you see some people out there try to do it and it just looks, it does look oh, like shit. It looks like pure garbage. Yeah, absolutely. I've tried it. Yeah. And I think, that's, I think that's the big thing too, is that um, I, I attempted that and realized how much harder it really was to do. Yeah. Um, before I give my follow-up, I do have a question while we're still talking about music. I might as well just ask you while we're on the show, because remember we said the thing about popping in and sound like you're, you're eavesdropping, right? Yep. So I was thinking maybe I'm just going to drop the theme song too. That oh, literally, interesting. That literally, the, it, when it starts, it just starts. Huh. I feel, I've, I've, I've been thinking a lot about that. I don't know... Um, I saw something, somebody complaining about, not my podcast, but another podcast, a bigger podcast. And they were like, eh, it might've been Marin or something like that. Like I tuned in to listen to blah, 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 whatever the person was. And 12 minutes in, I still haven't heard that person. And I was like, yeah, that, that's kind of lame. You know, you turn in, tune in to listen to the conversation and then you got to wait to hear the conversation. Sure. You know, when you turn on a TV show, the TV show starts. You don't get the commercials till after you see some of the show. Or you, do you don't... Think, do you think you... Do, I mean, it, it, like the, the intro style on like a... Uh, like I think about Star Trek, for example, right? You'd have like five minutes of episode and then you'd have the theme song. No, that's too YouTube for me. I just think, fuck it. Like just start the <laughs> conversation. There'll be music at the end to oh, let you know it. it's over. Sure, sure, sure. And it just, I don't know. It just, right now that appeals to me. I'd rather just like it started. I like, I literally want these, the episodes with these people, like to just like the moment it comes on, like, Hey, hi, that's where it starts. 
exact, you know, no pre-talk, no anything. We're right into it. You hear the whole fucking conversation. Yeah, I feel like, fuck it, dude. Like, we're it, this is the time to change things, so we might as well change everything. <laughs> and it's not something drastic, you know, like, I've I've been prone to changing things too much in the past, you know, because without going into too much depth, I, you know, like doing this and then now we're going to do it this way and now we're going to do it this way. And a lot of that came from that social media mindset where it's like, try this. If you don't get enough attention, you're doing it wrong. So pivot, you know, like we've talked about pivot in a good way, but that's like over pivoting. Sure. Um, And I've been prone to that in the past. This isn't that different. In, In reality, if I didn't tell anybody other than, you know, the theme song and the name change, I didn't tell them that the show, like the way that I was conducting the show changed. Most people probably wouldn't even fucking notice. Well, I guess then that comes down to the value proposition again, right? Like if you change something, if it needs to be changed. Yeah. Uh, but in this particular sense, like what, what value are we getting out of playing the damn theme song? And if there is no value, then it's just a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I wrote the fucking theme song. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like I'm shitting on somebody else. You know, like I, the only person I feel bad for is, is the guy who wrote the song for technical ramblings. And then we ended up dumping that show. Mm, sure. That was exactly the theme song I wanted him to write. It was so perfect. Uh, so I don't know if anybody wants to go check out Curious Quill. Great band. Um, anyways, so my follow-up um, was I was supposed to pay attention to identity statements. Um, I, do, I do a lot of them. <laughs> I'm not going to share any of them, but I do a lot of them. And that is all, both concerning and disconcerting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of negative things that I say about myself that I didn't realize. Why Why do you do that, do you think? Uh, I don't really want to go super in-depth with it because it's a lot of it is very deep and personal. I just I think that um, somewhere along the line, I learned to treat myself like shit. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's part of... Part of it is, is like... Um, this is how men are, you know, not that I'm like some super fucking machismo guy, but like, you know, like men are tough and men don't think that they're the best thing in the world or, you know, just stupid ideas of something. And then some of it is guilt over shit, you know, where I, I think I just carry some self-loathing. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't, I didn't realize how much, and these are not super, super negative things, but you know, like even like, I'll, g- I'll give you an example. Like, um, I'm not a morning person. I might have mentioned this on one before. Um, I think when we talked about it last, I might have. It's not the best thing to say. It's not the worst thing to say. But I am defining myself as something that um, I don't like. I don't like that I can't get up early. Um, but I'm defining myself as that, so I'm caging myself to it. So that's not, that's not a sure. good thing. So it's, it's, now that I've, I've started to pay attention to these things, now it's a matter of adjusting them. Um, all right, let's go on to something lighter. Did you play Oxenfree? I did not play Oxenfree. You got to stop telling the audience you're going to do it right after the episode's uh, over. So sorry. I feel like it's going to be a running <laughs> theme now. It's, it's, like that, it's like that thing in, um, on the Jimmy Kimmel show where he keeps like saying, sorry, we couldn't have Matt Damon on. And he oh, I've never seen that. that. Yeah, so that's the thing he does. Like he and Matt Damon have this like comedy feud going, and so basically, like every single night, he he says, um, "And we're we're sorry we ran out of time. We couldn't have Matt Damon on." Well, Oxenfree feels like that to me now. <laughs> I mean, I felt like I felt like between the two, getting the song done was probably more important. So I focused on that for three days. Right. Um, 
But yeah, I, I'll get to it. I, I promise I will at some point. I'm not even going to say I'm going to do it by next week. I'm just going to wait for you to ask me by next week. All right. All right. Let's see. Crap doodle. Looking at these notes. I don't know. I've been talking to my friend John, and now I'm making like little things like he does. Crap doodle. Ever do that? What are you like five minutes talking to somebody, and then all of a sudden you like swallow up part of their personality? Um, no, strangely. And the reason why is because, well, I, I probably do it subconsciously, but I actively, I consciously uh, force myself not to do that um, at a pretty early age. I do it all the time, all the damn time. I think that, you know, like you've always said like, oh, people like me. I think maybe that's why people like me because I imitate them and I don't realize I'm doing it and then they feel comfortable. Sure. That makes sense. You know, mirroring. I guess that's what yeah. they call it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely try not to do that. To be real, like I try to maintain a very. Um, I, the only thing I'll try to match um, is energy level. I won't try to like. I won't take on other people's speaking mannerisms. I won't take on you know people's physical tics and stuff like that. Yeah, I grab, I grab all kinds of shit. I'm like a little sponge. I'm one of those people too that if you send me to another country, if I'm not careful, I might start picking up their accent. Mm. Gotcha. All right. I, that, that, that I will say I do do. Um, do do. I do, all, I, I do do all the time. Uh, but no, I, when, when, I lived in, when I lived in England for a while and I came back, I didn't realize that I'd taken on like English accent mannerisms and I could fully do an English, uh, like a believable English accent by the time I came back. Yeah, I kind of think that's cool though. Specifically middle or South London, I could do both of those accents really well. I love that. I don't think that that's... People think that's silly. I think it's fantastic. Oh, I, I dig it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I like that about myself. I can also do Irish very well, too. The one I could never, ever, ever figure out for some reason was Australian. I don't know why it's so hard for me. It's because it's like English, but with a slight left turn. Yeah, it's exactly. A lot of, it's a lot of really, like, open mouth vowels. That's why. Yeah. You're like, mm. fuck, or feck, feck. There's, you know, Scottish is thick. But <laughs> yeah. Australian is thick. It's almost like an I thick. Um, anyways, you did not come here for accent lessons. Um, you know what I found really interesting? What were you going to say? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I heard you make a noise. No, I, I was I was mimicking your fact. 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 This uh, and, and we now we're the, just a little we're just, e for this one. <laughs> yeah, we're just yelling at microphones. That's awesome. That's what this show is descended <laughs> into. Good. Um, you know what's amazing to me is when whenever we talk about something and we beat a podcast that we listen to to the topic. I fucking love that. <laughs> we did it before with um with the Hell Year documentary. We beat last podcast. Well, we beat Sam Harris by a week. What? Yes. So we talked about the really, really intense episode two episodes ago, everybody. You probably remember it's one about the age of surveillance capitalism and how Google was the evilest company in the world. This week on Sam Harris, one episode 152, The Trouble with Facebook, Sam Harris had on Roger, I don't know how to say his name, McNamee. It's M-C-N-A-M-E-E. McNamee? Maybe McNamee. That sounds good. Yeah, McNamee sounds better, yeah. He's the guy that wrote that book, Zucked. Um, And they talk, obviously, his focus is more on Facebook. Um, Excuse me. But he references 
specifically by name, Shoshana Zuboff and the Age of Surveillance Capitalism. And he gives a pretty good condensed summary of what we talked about at the beginning of that episode. Um, unfortunately, Sam was interested in talking about other things. Like, seemed like he was about to go deeper on certain topics that I wanted to hear more about. And Sam would steer him another way, which, you know, I know what it's like to be in that situation. So you can't really fault someone because they're, oh, I want to talk about this. So they're trying to steer somebody towards that. But I also hate hearing an interviewer go, well, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about this. I hate that. Sure. Because you're steering something somebody away from something they want to talk about, which is usually where the good shit is. Yeah, and especially for you, your impulse is to to always let the conversation naturally evolve. But I feel like Sam Harris, I mean, this is not a knock on Sam because I love Sam Harris, but yeah, of course. Um, but I, I definitely feel like he goes into almost every conversation on the podcast with a very specific intention. Like he wants certain pieces of information. Right. Yeah, he's, I think he... Technically, he's interviewing people. He does a little bit less now, but he's more so going in to debate. Yeah, sure. So he's got debate points. Um, he doesn't argue with people as much as he used to anymore. I think the people got annoyed with him or maybe he just got shit on too much on social media. Mm. <laughs> um, but hey, we beat him to it by a fucking week. That's pretty awesome. And, and we went more in depth. Or maybe he realized he wasn't being kind enough. Maybe. You know, because I can, I can hear, I can actually hear that thread like in in his podcast over the last like I don't know maybe year or so. I feel like he's gotten nicer. Um, it, it's hard. Yeah, he to, sounds it, less pompous. Yeah, he sounds less less less. Yeah, pompous was was like I don't want to I don't want to say that about Sam, but he does sound that way sometimes. Um, A lot of times, even though I love him. Yeah, and and so that that definitely feels like it's it, like there's an edge that's been taken off. Yeah. So that's, um, and by the way, we are still going to, I've only read a third of that book. So we will go into the more about that book. I needed a break from it, <laughs> to be yeah, honest. Sure. I needed a fucking break because that first third, just digesting that Google stuff was so fucking heavy. Sure. Oh, son of a bitch. Well, and especially what we've been thinking about and talking about lately anyway, it just it just affirms everything that, that we fear about social media and or the internet in general. Yeah. I was just telling somebody the other day that I think that social media is it's finally on its way out. And they didn't believe me, um, which is fine. Obviously, I wasn't trying to convince them. But it seems like everybody's default on the topic of social media is exactly what we talked about in there with dispossession. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. It's sure. just going to happen. It's inevitable. And that's, a, that's a bummer. That's a bummer that we, you know, we become enslaved to this idea. Yeah, and, and and I think part of the difficulty of, of trying to, to not buy in is just the fact that the rest of the world has bought in so hard and so thoroughly that 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 the eventual move away from it is going to be painful for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Yeah, because when it when it breaks, it's gonna break colossally. Yeah, exactly. And which means it's gonna you know, when things like that break they're other things are built on top of them. Um, here, for example, if you know it's tomorrow, um, Amazon fell apart. There's a lot of small businesses that would be destroyed, sure, because they're built on top of Amazon, um, Facebook too, you know, and Google. So, and Instagram for that matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know I know businesses that rely heavily on Instagram for exposure and and business. 
<sighs> well, um, <laughs> we keep steering ourselves into the most depressing topics, um, but sometimes there's just depressing shit. Um, it would, this is another follow-up too. Um, so I, in having to read all this stuff, and I keep mentioning how I feel like I'm not getting everything out of these books that I'm reading. You know, like I feel like I have to go back and review things and stuff like that. There's this book that it's like, I don't know when it was originally published. This is the version I'm reading is like a revised edition from like 1979. So it might be from the sixties or the fifties even. Um, it's called how to read a book and it's this infamous book. Um, actually not infamous, this famous book, um, by Morton Adler and Charles Van Doren. And one of the things in the book, um, I don't want to go too far into the book, but one of the things in the book, he says, he says, approach in the right way. No book intended for the general reader, no matter how difficult need to be a cause for the despair, for despair. And that for me went right back to what we were talking about where it's like, you know, you got to stick with books. Um, and what he says, one of the, the main points of this book is there are four levels of reading. Um, those four levels are elementary, inspectional, analytical, and synoptical. Um, most people in the world are only reading at the first level, elementary reading, which means you read it and you get the gist. Sure. Um, and it started me thinking, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe that's why um, people give up on books because they only know how to read at that first level. They don't, and I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing, I think. Um, I, I have aspects of the other ones, but I, I think for the most part, I read on an elementary level. Um, Synoptical is the, the fourth level is intense. That's when you when you read about a topic and you read like five books simultaneously and start noting the similarities and the differences and making um, coming to conclude. It's like writing a paper on a topic. So that's that's the most intense. Um, inspectional is kind of like when you just need to read something for information. You know, um, analytical is the one that we need probably all of us in the world need more practice with. I've not read that section of the book yet. Can't tell you anything about it. Well, just just on, on the surface, I can tell you that the reason why I think I give up on books is for the exact opposite reason that you do, um, in that I probably read more analytically than I need to for a lot of things. And so I take a long time to read. Like I, 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 I read until I understand you know what I mean? And I know that sounds weird, but like I'll, I'll reread a paragraph five times um, in order to make sure that I understand. Like the reading to me is not the, not about completion, but about comprehension. Well, so here's, here's the I, thing so about his analytical though. Now. It's not what you think it is and it's not what I thought it was. I haven't read the full chapter. I've just seen a brief explanation. But in true analytical reading, um, these four levels are essentially like those Russian Matruska dolls that each one is contained inside the other. So in in order to do analytical reading, you have to have first done an elementary reading and then have done an inspectional reading and Uh then you go into the analytical reading. So you're reading the book technically three times to get to true analytical reading. Got it. Um, Which makes sense because um, like if you're reading a novel, the first time, you're going to totally be in the story. You go back the second time now you can pay attention to the structure. You go sure. in a third time, now you can start pulling out quotes and themes and understanding this character is doing this and this character represents this. And it makes sense, but some people try to do all three at once and they don't achieve any of them. 
Yeah, that's probably that's probably me as well. Yeah, so I can recommend the first <laughs> fourth of that book that I've read. Um, but what I did think about, though, is um, what it reminded me of, though, is going back to The Expanse for a minute because I'm still watching it. Um, I like it now. Huh. It won me over. It took till episode eight, though. Um, and I think that proves my point about books through a TV show. Sometimes you have to let things, you got to give things their time. And most of us, we go through things looking for some sense of satisfaction, but we don't allow ourselves the patience to actually find that satisfaction. Interesting. You know, if it's so important to find a show that means something, shouldn't we be patient to find out if this show is it or not? Um, I mean, all things considered, it's hilarious because I didn't think you'd give it that chance. I give everything um, a chance. That's, that's, that's phenomenal that you did that. That's a, actually a great learning lesson. I TV shows, I give a season. And um, some more. You know, if there's something I think they're moving towards, I'll stick through it. But I give them a season. Unless... No, I always do. Even Sometimes I just... It takes me a long time to go back. Like um, Westworld, I got halfway through the first season and I lost interest in it. I'll go back and finish that season eventually. Sure. It just never, it didn't, I didn't dislike it. It just didn't, it didn't drive me to continue to watch episodes. You know, I, I do the same thing. Well, no, I don't do the same thing. I don't give everything a chance. Um, I, I do after a certain point. And that point is if I hate the first episode, I won't continue watching regardless of what people say about it or what I think I should whether I should give it a chance or not. Like there are certain shows that I've just entirely given up on even halfway through the first episode hmm. where I'm just like, nah, this is garbage. I'm not watching this. Yeah. I think I'm driven to understand them so much that I'm like, okay, what's, what's it? You know, like uh, the, the expanse as, as our example, I told you the last time we talked about it, what's the point? <laughs> you know, what's the point of the show? The moment Holden and Miller were in the same scene, everything worked for me. Sure, totally. And and I didn't know that was going to happen. See, I, I happen to have, maybe it's because I watched the A-Team a lot when I was a kid. I happen to have a soft spot for team-ups. Mm. You know, the, the, I think that's why I loved um, the crossovers between Arrow and The Flash and why it got me yeah. into those shows. I like team-ups. Well, I think about I think about all the movies I liked through the the eighties and nineties too, and most of them are buddy cop comedies. Yeah, you know what I used to love, and I can't think of a specific example. Oh, yes, I can. The Dirty Dozen's a good example, not the eighties, but um, where somebody's got to put together a team, and they go around and they collect the perfect person for this, and the you know, like I need a thief, and then they go get the best thief, and I need a you know a bruiser, and they go get the you know the toughest bruiser. I don't know why I love that shit. Huh. collecting a team. And I think it really is the A-team that did it, but um, Dirty Dozen was probably one too. I yeah, watched that I, a lot. It's part of the reason, there, and I, beyond that too, like something that, because I can agree with you for the most part on that, but there's there's a there's an added element for me, which is I also really dig familiarity. Mm. So, so like if the characters seem like they obviously know each other, it's part of the reason why I liked... Um, the modern rendition, the Soderbergh version of um, Ocean's Eleven so much because all the characters felt like they really knew each other and that was really cool to me. I've still never watched any of those. Uh, you got to watch that first one. 
I, I mean, think the, I should the, watch the original, original first. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, but I mean, past that, there's like there are certain movies, like even going through cinematic history, there are certain movies that 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 have that sense of just obvious familiarity to me. And for some reason, I really like that because you know what it is. I just don't like exposition, and I don't like being overly beaten in like a relationship. Like I don't, I don't want people to define the relationship through words. I want them to show an obvious comfort with each other, you know, or a familiarity yeah. with each other. I got you. See, we, these all, what's weird is all this shit develops from when we were kids too. It's sure. something that we were into one show, one fucking cartoon. Oh, you know what it was? I know what it's, it's not the A team GI Joe. Oh, interesting. That's gotta be where it came from. Hmm. Well, anyways, there's something on your list you wanted to talk about? No. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but we can, but we can. I mean, they're... they're well, they're, if you don't want to pretty... talk about it, why would we talk about it? Well, the only reason why I don't want to talk about them is not necessarily because I don't personally want to talk about them, but because they're just huge bummers. <laughs> okay. We'll save the bummers then. Yeah. Let's talk like, about I, we'll save... Let's, let's, let's have like a two bummer limit per episode. <laughs> This one, if you really want to say this could be a bummer. So we'll just try to keep this one light. And this is dopamine. So one of the other books I've been reading is, um, I think I mentioned it already, Atomic Habits um, by James Clear. It's basically a productivity book, but it's it's really interesting. I A lot of these productivity books, you hear the same fucking stories over and over again. Um, and there's definitely moments of that in here. But then there's also stuff that I'd never heard before, which is, Really great. I love that. When when you, I, I like productivity books, even if they're repetitive, just because they remind you of shit. You're like, I could be doing better at that. Anyways, one of the things he talks about in here, he talks about dopamine. And I thought this was so fucking cool. So they, they did this test on rats, right? Um, Not the guy who wrote the book, somebody. They, ambiguous they. I didn't write that part down. <laughs> uh, these Rats, they, they, give, they give rats sugar. There's like this little box that they have to poke their head in to get the sugar, right? So they give them sugar. And of course, the rats get addicted to sugar, just like every other living thing that likes sugar. So the next thing they did is they gave these rats a dopamine inhibitor. And what they found is, that, so they're going, okay, we don't know what's going to happen with the sugar now. They're not going to get a dopamine fix when they taste the sugar. So we don't know what's going to happen. So they give the rats the sugar. Guess what? Rats still fucking like sugar. Why? Because it still tastes good. But the difference is, without the dopamine, they didn't crave it. Mm. So they weren't looking in the box for the sugar after it was gone. They enjoyed it while it was there, and they moved on. Um, then, third uh, experiment, they flooded them with dopamine. I don't know what that necessarily means scientifically. We'll just say mm. it's probably double. Um, these rats were like fucking crackheads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. They said that the rats were poking their head into the box 800 times an hour looking Holy for sugar. Shit. Wow. There are woodpeckers that don't screw that fast. <laughs> Jeez, man, that is shocking. But I don't even know how you could physically do that. That's like four or five times a second. No, well, let's see, 800 an hour. No, I think that's like what? That's like 12, oh, time, 12, times, 12 times a minute. Yeah, never mind. I'm thinking 800 times a minute. Never yeah, mind. yeah, in an hour. Um, yeah. I did the same thing when I first read it. Um, but what that did remind me of, though, is people dipping into their social media. 
we've talked about this dopamine fix, right? Oh my God, they're analogous, perfectly analogous. Like, let me open it. Let me see. Did I get my hearts? Did I get my stars? Did I get it? Or, you know, like, or just even, even take away from social media, people picking up their phone and looking at their fucking phone. How many times an hour, you know, we've gone through the screen time thing of how many times people, you pick up your phone every day. And right before, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I've I've got a funny one. Go ahead. The right before is important. Sounds like. Right, right before we, we turned on to record this episode, I was reading, um, actually it was an email from James Clear. I just realized that. Oh, no, it was Cal Newport. Um, an email from Cal Newport. And it was a story of this guy who's, I don't remember his name. He's the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And he's yeah. instituting this new 30-minute phone break thing where the players, when they're in meetings and stuff like that, they can't look at their phone for 30 minutes. And he said he could see them twitching. Like he can see them physiologically twitching because they can't look at their phones. Jeez. That's fucking scary that's straight up dopamine addiction right there what was the thing you were going to say um pretty much along the same lines i have phantom phone syndrome um where because i don't have any of my social media shit or anything like that on my phone now like i literally have moments where i will pull out my phone for no reason Mm -hmm. and just literally look at the screen for a half (laughs) second and then put it back down again like what the fuck did i just do that for yeah, there's these weird moments where you, all of a sudden your brain goes, "There's nothing for you here." Yeah, like <laughs> what, what am I? What am I doing? And so, and so after three or four days of that, where I would just literally take out my phone, like the, I didn't realize how strong the impulse was, or how how in, 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 innate it was, um, until I like every time I did it, I had to consciously think to not do it. Um, and so I started to put my phone in a different pocket just because I was so used to the physical motion of going towards a certain pocket that I would have, I would have that extra, that extra task in between to figure out where my phone is in order to get it out of that pocket. And that actually worked. So what I do now is I randomize which pocket it goes in, um, just as a way to slowly break myself of the habit of just physically touching my phone. That pot, that um, pocket thing fits into one of the other topics I'm going to bring up later too. Um, but th- I was reading something, some woman um, quit social media or took it off her phone. Um, and for like the first week or the first couple weeks, she checked the weather like f- five times an hour because of that habit. She just opened her phone. She's like, fine, I'll just look at the weather. Exactly. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, like, like I'll check my stocks. I'll read headlines. Holy shit, man. Like it's, it's actually really tough to stop yourself. Um, and, so, and so I have to build in a deterrent until it becomes habit to not check my phone. Like even like I found like for three or four days um, after I, I was starting to realize that I was looking for my phone, like I would literally like put my hands on my phone in my pocket just to, just to know that it was there. So yeah. weird. Oh, addiction's a bitch. You know what that got me thinking about, though, is so if we if we can compare ourselves at all to these rats, right? If or maybe to these football players, these twitching. um, If we're getting that many hits of dopamine, which is obviously more than we're supposed to be getting, right? Because that's abnormal behavior. So I actually looked up. It's not in the book, but I was curious. I was like, "What happens if you get too much dopamine? Are there negative effects?" You're not going to fucking believe this. Uh oh. <laughs> if you get too much dopamine, you um you are more prone to impulsive behavior. Hmm. I wonder why would they would want you to be more prone to impulsive behavior. Sure. 
you have a greater need for instant gratification. Hmm. I wonder why they would want that. And of course, addiction, right? So those are the normal ones. And the next, the next level of severity, now check this out. <laughs> Anxiety, stress, insomnia, reward-seeking, aggression, depression, digestive issues. Those things sound familiar. Do we maybe hear about those in the news every day? Rising levels of stress, anxiety, people aggressive with each other online, people depressed, people with... Uh, how many people have problems with their shit and their gut? You know, you know that it's funny you say that. I So I went my entire life without having stomach problems. And I can pretty much correlate my... I didn't even put two and two together until now. Um, I can pretty much correlate directly my digestive issues with how much I use my phone. See? It's, it's, it's shocking. It really that is. is. That is fucking weird, man. Like I didn't think about that until now, but like I literally like five years ago was when I was, I started to really start seeing like digestive issues. And that's kind of when I started using my phone a hell of a lot more. So that's nice, so weird. It is. So, it's so weird. That's so weird. Nobody thinks, because dopamine is a good thing. Let's, let's make that clear for anybody that doesn't know this. Dopamine is a good thing in normal doses. Dopamine is what makes you happy. If you don't have dopamine, you'll never feel happy period because that's that's what's released that yeah, makes sure. you feel happy sure but you can also drink enough water to kill you right exactly there's a, there's a limit <laughs> for example if you go really really far with too much dopamine the next level is mania paranoia withdrawal from social situations hallucinations psychosis and schizophrenia jeez so hmm a little so bit ten, frightening so in, so in 10 years from now We'll start seeing the first cases of phone schizophrenia. I don't even think it'll be that long. I think that we're probably almost there. Who knows? Maybe that's what we're seeing right now. Maybe that's what we have for a president. Mm. I mean, regardless of whether people like him or not, the guy is definitely addicted to social media. Sure. And we're slowly but surely building sociopaths otherwise. Cool. Great. Bang, bang, boom. Anybody want to shit on that one? That was a nice depressing one. Yeah. So let's put the phones away and go get some pie. Like I really have that impulse to like hang out with people doing normal shit these days. Me too. Me like tomorrow, too. Like tomorrow, I'm physically going to have lunch with a friend I haven't seen in like 10 years. Mm. And, it, and it's going to be fucking great. It's, it's going to be great. Like I'm, I never look forward to... You know, it's it's the reaction. That's interesting that, that, that we're talking about that now because I was thinking about this earlier today. Like I never, ever, ever have any excitement towards like looking at people's posts on Instagram or reading something on Facebook or or even having or re- replying to a text message or, or getting a phone call from a... Well, no, the phone call thing's different, but that's actual interaction again. But I will say that I'm so excited about having lunch with my friend and I've been thinking about nothing but it for four days. Yeah, there's something very different. You know, like I was thinking about this. Like I wish I wish I was in a place where um where I had a physical recording studio because instead of doing all of the not only these episodes but the episodes of uh whatever I end up calling the other show, um might as well just call it don't hang up. Um yeah. doing like episodes that. of doing episodes with that I would love to be able to do those in person because then I actually get to hang out with the person. Um, sure. I just don't have the space to do that. But that's I'm kind of sublimating it with those phone calls. That's kind of like my my way of like 
don't know, I'd still get to hang out and talk to them. It's just going to be on the phone. Sure. Uh, anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, I got three other things. How about you pick, you just pick a number between one and three. Hmm. Why don't I just look at your list? Like which, where, <laughs> which three things are you talking about? Uh, I was uh, actually really, I was actually really curious as to what the hell you were talking about with Apple News. Okay. Um, well, Apple just had their event, an, an event. Was it Monday? I think it was Monday. Uh, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And they announced a whole bunch of shit. Credit card, um, streaming TV. Uh, what's the other one? Arcade, which is like pay, pay to play. And then Apple News. Um, Apple News, if you asked me, if you told me the four things that they were going to announce in that episode, Apple News probably wouldn't have been on the top of my list. I don't like the Apple News app just because I don't, I don't like seeing fucking news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know all the awful things that are happening um, because most of them don't even come to fruition. So it just stresses me out. And then four days later, it's like, well, never mind. Wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but the problem I always have with Apple News app is every time I open the fucking app, even though I told it, like, don't show me this. Don't ever show me something about this person. Don't ever show me anything about this topic. It would still show me shit about that. Sure. Um, I've, I've re- I don't know when they added this. But since playing with this after this event, which I'll explain why I played with it in a second, I found out that in the settings for Apple News apps, so you can you pick publications to follow, right? Um, you know, like if you like the Washington Post, you would you know you follow the Washington Post. Well, when you go into the settings for Apple News, you can restrict the stories in your Today page to only come from the sources that you have favorited. Oh, interesting! Instead of it pulling shit out, I didn't know that either. And so all I have on my Apple News Today page is just random tech stuff. I don't really read it that often. But if I happen to open the app and it goes to that page, I don't mind looking and seeing what's going on in the tech world. Never upsets me. Wow, that's really cool, actually. I had no idea that was happening. Yeah. Um, But that's not the reason. That's not Apple News Plus. That's just normal Apple News. That that was there before, probably, the update. Um, What they added was, and they've done this before, but in a different form. Now the, now you can subscribe to magazines in Apple News. And for a long time, I've been an opponent. No. Opponent? Hmm, I'm having English language things. Yeah, I've been an opponent um, against the idea of digital magazines because I love physical magazines. But just like comic books, after you buy 20, <laughs> kind of gets to be a pain <laughs> in the ass, right? You're like, sure. I... I I, I I don't have room for books and it takes a lot longer to read a book. Um, and it takes a lot longer to accumulate, a, accumulate books than it does magazines. Um, so I wouldn't have said that I cared about this, but uh, so basically you pay $10 a month and you can also subscribe to like um, newspapers like Washington post, LA times and stuff like that. But the main thing is the magazines you, when they did this before it was called newsstand. And I don't want to go into a ton of details. Newsstand was clunky because Apple didn't actually do it. It was just a store where, you know, you're like, I want to subscribe to Rolling Stone. So you had to download the Rolling Stone app. But if you went into Newsstand, you could look at the magazine from the Rolling Stone app in the Newsstand app. Kind of like with Apple TV. Like if you want to watch HBO, it's going to kick you over to the HBO app. Well, Newsstand is different. This is Apple's programming. So everything's hosted in the, 
in there. All they do is give them the content and then they make it fit the screen and they make the programming. So it works better. The other thing about it is with newsstand, you would subscribe to Rolling Stone and you would subscribe to blah, blah. You'd subscribe to them all separately. $10 a month with Apple News, you're subscribed to all of them. So no way. Subscription to over 300 magazines. And oh, it's man. fucking rad because, um, I mean, I, I love magazines. I've always loved magazines because it, magazine is that level between a book and we'll say the internet, right? Where things on the internet are a little more impulsive and they're pushed out faster. Books take years to write. Magazines take months. So there's that, that middle stage where it's like there's more care put into it, but it's also faster and a little bit more current than necessarily a book. Um, um, how's, how's it going to work with the interface of Apple News? I can't imagine reading a magazine on Apple News. It's, it's all because Apple did it. It's all reformatted to fit the page. Interesting. Uh, okay. some, some of the magazines, um, like uh, I read for the first time in like two decades, I read a Guitar World magazine. Um, and that one was PDFs. It's basically just PDFs. So that one's not a great example, but most of the, you know, like People Magazine or um, here, I'm looking right now. You know, you've got People Magazine, History Magazine, um, National Geographic, Architectural Design, um, The Atlantic. All these are formatted for the page. It's great on the iPad. The phone, they read well on the phone too, to be honest. But what's really fascinating about this, number one, I, I love it because I've been just going through the magazines and just fucking sitting at night. And I, I dedicate about a half hour of my day every day um, right before I turn on the TV to just sit and read magazines. Wow, cool. And it's so it's been so enriching. I've, the first week is free. I haven't even paid for it yet. And I re, I'm already like, take my fucking money. Just take it. I love this. Make sure this stays around. Um, it's actually one of the things that I was going to talk about today it comes from an article that I read in one of the magazines. Um, but it's, it's all the top magazines, Rolling Stones in here. Um, tons of digital photography magazines, two, I think two or three golf magazines for you. Lamb. Um, yeah, golf tips and golf and golf digest. There you go. Three. Um, oh, shit. Everything is in here and it's so fantastic. But what's really fascinating about it, and I don't know why they didn't really, they didn't spend a lot of time on this in the announcement, but this is probably one of the coolest things about it. So say I go, I have right here in front of me, I've got a Hollywood Reporter and the cover story is Chris Evans, right? Yeah. Say I went into that magazine and because I get a table of contents, I just jump right to to the article on him. Well, it knows I read that. So now when I go in to my today page, it's going to pull up stories about Chris Evans. Oh, wow. Cool. But here's what's really fascinating. So you know how Apple news, it'll just, it pulls articles, right? So here's an article from Huffington post. Here's an article. It pulls articles from the magazines. Okay. That's kind of genius. So it literally will recommend a story. And when you click on it, it's taking you to a page in a magazine. Huh? It's no really way. fucking cool. I wonder, see, how cool would it be to work on a team that's developing that? It would be really cool because you're nailing something that nobody's nailed before. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's digital genius. magazines. I didn't think they could ever do something that would fascinate me. You know, I literally haven't opened up. I haven't opened Apple News in months. And I may now just replace all of my other news apps with Apple News. I have it. It's been buried. 
Um, I think it was deleted off my iPhone and was buried in a folder on my iPad. It's on the front page of both of my devices now. I never even look at it on my iPhone, but I'm so stoked about the idea to read magazines that I put it on the front page of my phone just in case I'm ever a place where I'm like, I don't have my iPad, but I'm sitting here to read. I'm going to read a magazine. Hmm. I wonder, I mean, I'm sure you can download those magazines too. Yes, you can. What's weird though is I haven't figured out a way how to under-download them. (laughs) (laughs) There's still some things in the UI that they need to figure out. Um, I'll give you two examples. There's that. So, you know, there's a little cloud with arrow and you push it and it's downloaded and you're like, awesome, it's available for offline. I have no idea how to undo that. So at a certain point, I'm going (laughs) to, I don't need to, I'm always on a Wi-Fi. Um, the reason I download it, actually, to be honest, this is the other UI problem that I'm sure they'll fix. Um, the reason that I downloaded them is because, so when you go onto the News Plus page, which is a new page in the News app, uh, you'll see a section that says My Magazines. And there's Reading Now, which is the one you were reading last. And they'll say Recent. But even when I went into Magazines, these magazines weren't showing up in Recent. And, you know, and what I wanted to do is I wanted to grab, you know, like the 10, 15 issues that I want to read and put them in a place so that I don't have to go through the A through Z to look for them when I want to read them, right? Sure. I, I couldn't figure out how to do that. So I'm like, well, maybe if I download it, they'll show up there. No, that's not what happened. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you and any listeners that tries this. I'm going to tell you guys how to favorite a magazine. And what um, it'll put it into that section. This is suddenly becoming a tech show. Um, it'll put it into that My Magazine section so you can hit See All and you'll see all of your magazines. But what's extra special about this is when you get new issues of the magazine, it'll automatically put the new issues in there as well. So the way you do this is when you pick a magazine. So, so if you're in the Browse Catalog, um, say, for example, the first one you're going to see if you go in Browse Catalog A through M is ABC Soaps, right? So you click on the magazine. At the top, you're going to see the uh, first you're going to see the front page of the magazine, but at the top you're going to see the name of the magazine, ABC Soaps in depth, right? If you click the name of the magazine in text, not the picture, it takes you to a page for that magazine with all of the issues. By the way, there's back issues available even though this is brand new. Huh. Like let's see. Um ABC Soaps in depth goes back to March 12, 2018. That's how many back issues. When you get to that page, you can hit a star, I mean a heart, and that will favorite the magazine. Interesting. That will save you hours of frustration. Wow. Fantastic. I have how many subscriptions? One, two. Oh, shit. I just subscribed to ABC Soaps in Depth. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, no, nine. I'm subscribed to nine magazines. Wow. Okay. Well, I usually lag on updates, but considering what that looks like, looks like I'm downloading this update right away. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really, it's really wonderful. Um, so I guess maybe I should tell you about one of the articles I read. Nice this segue. Is, well done. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm getting somewhat professional. <laughs> um, so, wow, that got really loud. So, one of the magazines I was reading was uh, Dwell. And this is the March, April 2019 episode or episode issue of Dwell. And Dwell is an architectural magazine. I love architecture. (laughs) That was the most most insidious (laughs) on. 
on Mike Burp of all time. <laughs> that was the most that was the most Homer Simpson bit I've ever heard. <laughs> that was literally there was a bubble in my throat and I couldn't get the next word out. <laughs> that is amazing. That is unbelievable. Uh, okay. Jeez. Uh, okay. Take a breath. So a short, short article in Dwell Magazine. It's called, uh, I believe the article is called Modern World. And I was just, mostly when I go into architectural magazines, I do read them, but mostly I'm there to look at the buildings. Um, and I, if it's a, if it's a, like a, you know, it's a profile of an architect, I'll usually read that for sure. But for some reason, this one grabbed my attention. This was just kind of one of the off ones. I thought maybe it was an ad at first. But this is literally about people taking things in the world that are, shall we say, trash or disposable or um, stuff that nobody else is using and making amazing materials out of them. Hmm. Um, uh, there's, I think there's eight or nine. I just I, I, I copied down my four favorites. Um, so the first is, I think you would, for some reason, I think this one would connect with you a lot, Lamb. Stardust cubes. Um, so as you know, you know, we're on a, on a, unless you're a space is fake person or a earth is flat person, we are on a globe in, floating in the middle of space. Um, things land on the earth all the time, like meteors and stuff like that. But most of them burn up in the atmosphere. When they burn up in the atmosphere, the dust from them still sprinkles across the earth. So there is technically true stardust all over this planet. Um, so these guys, um, I shouldn't say these guys. I don't know if it was men or women. These people, um, they go and they collect dirt and debris from gutters. And I assume they mean gutters on buildings, but I, I could be street gutters. And they take this dirt and debris and they dry it up. And then they run a magnet over it. And when they run the magnet over it, they're able to take the stardust, the literal stardust, out of the dirt. And then they, the they take the stardust and they, because it's metallic, obviously, because the magnet's grabbing it, and they heat it up and they cast it and they make these fucking cubes of straight up stardust. How oh, cool is that? That's pretty cool. Although it's a little dubious. Like, how do we know that it's actually stardust kind of thing? I'm sure that there's an explanation longer than this. You know, these were like one paragraph explanations, but I'm sure if you went to their site, they'd probably tell you the chemical makeup and all that shit because sure. these things are being sold for a lot of money. Um, here's another interesting one. Self-healing concrete. What the hell? So apparently, um, you, you obviously we all know that a concrete breaks down over time. It gets cracks and holes and shit like that because it's just ground up stone and water, right? Yep, yep. Well, apparently these other people, these are all these things are made by different people. These other people figured out there's a certain bacteria that you can put into concrete, into the mix of concrete. And when it gets wet, the, the bacteria interacts with water and it creates limestone. And so it will literally grow limestone in all the holes and cracks that it develops over time. So every time it rains, it will heal itself. That is crazy. How awesome is that? That is that is some sci-fi shit right there. You can see why I marked this article, right? Yeah, that's pretty badass, dude. Um, okay, next one. Muscle plaster. So this is not muscles on your body. This is muscles from the ocean. So when when people eat oysters, they reuse the shells, right? 
um, oyster shells are used for a lot of things, but one of the only things that I could think of right away was they use them in restaurants to serve things, right? Sure. They serve different kinds of food on the plancha is what it's called, right? Um, abalone, another shellfish. They reuse the shells for abalone because they're fucking gorgeous. You know, you make jewelry out of them. You make uh, dishes and stuff out of them. Sure. Mussels are black shells. <laughs> Nobody likes them, right? <laughs> so mussels, we eat a lot of them, but the shells literally just pile up. So these people took the mussel shells that are just discarded, just garbage. They take them, they heat them, and then they grind them to dust. And then once they grind them to dust, they can make them into a plaster. And so they can make all these amazing sculptures out of just ground up mussel shells. Pretty cool. Now, my personal favorite, I don't even want to say the name of it because it gives away what it is. I want to save it till the end. Um, Well, not till the end. Until you, so there's this device called a Ka-Link, K-A-A, so two A's, Ka-Link device. You can attach this to the tailpipe of your car, um, but it seems like, uh, from what I was saying, they're, they're attaching these more to generators that um, produce diesel because they emit more carbon. This thing captures the pollution, captures the carbon pollution coming out of these things. And then they take that soot and they can make ink out of it. Whoa. And then what they do with that ink is they make markers. How fucking cool is that? They're taking pollution and making products out of it. Wow. Instead of letting it go into the air, they're making ink. So is cool. This, is this your extreme recycling thing? Yes. Okay. I guess, I guess the, the yeah, I, I didn't hear that said anywhere. So I assume that that's where you're going with all of this. Yeah. I, I'm, the, that article doesn't have a, it's because it's a visual article. It doesn't have a clear headline. So I, it said extreme recycling and modern world. So I just put both of those. I don't know which one's the actual title of the article. That's incredible, man. So cool. So cool. Some magazines. You're going to hear a lot about magazines in this show now. I was already buying magazines. You know, it's funny, actually, before one, uh, I'm going to go on one short tangent. One of the magazines that I got on the description, the one that I just read to you from, Dwell Magazine, now I get for free, right? Oh, not for free. It's part of my $10 a month or whatever. I just subscribed to the physical of that magazine two weeks ago. Huh. I paid for a year of it. <laughs> it's okay. It's 20 bucks, and I'd love to give them their money. They're a fantastic magazine. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm so much on this, you know, financially support the things that you really, really like so they can keep doing it thing. And that's obviously these magazines are going to make far less money from Apple News than they would make from you actually subscribing to them, whether digital or physical. Obviously, they make way more money if you subscribe digitally because there's no cost to them. Um, but I think this is going to help them drastically because most of the people that will subscribe on Apple News are people that wouldn't have subscribed physically. Yeah, sure. So their readership dramatically increases. Yeah. So I think uh, magazines, they had a lot of trouble getting newspapers to buy in on this. Like, obviously, um, everybody would have loved if the New York Times had jumped in on this, and they didn't. The Washington Post did, and the LA Times did, and then the Star, which is the biggest magazine in Canada. Um, Those are the three that jumped in. But the New York Times did not jump in, and, you know, they have their own thing going, right? So they think Uh that they're going to make more money. They're not thinking about the way that I just said it. And I can understand because newspaper is a little different than magazine. Most people, most people are probably, most people that 
are not reading the New York Times in physical paper. They're reading it online. Yeah. So they probably would lose because the split with Apple is 50-50. So they would probably lose a lot of money. But I I think Apple News for magazines, I'm totally cool with it. I don't give a shit about the news section. (laughs) Sure. I hate reading shit online for the most part anyways. Yeah, the magazine feature alone is way worth it. I mean, the way you're physically describing it now, like I don't even need to try it. I'll just literally pay for it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's and even the even I'll say that even the PDF version, um, which I've the only magazine like I said was Guitar World that I've run across that was a PDF. You can still hit the button and jump to any page you want, and then when you're in the page, you know, like the Guitar World magazine, the print was a little small. And I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna have to zoom and move around. All I did was tap on the paragraph and it zoomed in on the paragraph in the PDF. Oh, sweet! So I was like, well, that works. Um, so a lot of contingencies put into this. Um, Good on Apple. Good on Apple. I think the rest of the world's probably busy shitting on it right now, but I like it. So fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that it, no solution is perfect, right? So I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that there are fundamental flaws with it in some way, but it's getting you to read magazines again. <laughs> it's it's so, got me so, so excited. excited, right? Well, maybe maybe this is one of those rare features that everyone actually loves. Occasionally, that does happen. It's so cool because. You know, like there's magazines that you want to read because you know that they have good stuff in them. But, you know, like I'll give you an example. Like New Yorker. I've always wanted to subscribe to the New Yorker. But the New Yorker is weekly. That's a lot of magazines. That is a lot of magazines. And I don't want to read it cover to cover because I don't want to read the politics shit. I want to read like the really good, you know, other stuff in there, like book reviews and stuff. So it was never worth it for me to pay to subscribe to the New Yorker. But now... The way this works totally works for me because I can just jump in, go straight to the page for the thing I want. And if that's all I read from it, it's not a loss because I have 290 other, 98 other magazines that I'm getting for the same price. Well, not only that, but it allows you to go to back issues without have, having to physically have them. So let's right. say you, you buy a year's worth of issues and you only read a few and you're done with it now. But you still have the so you chuck it. But now you want to go back and find an article that you had read sometime back. You physically can't do that. And that suggesting articles from other magazines thing. What's also I'm not even okay. Remember I was joking. I'm not joking. I was explaining how. Imagine if I opened the Hollywood Reporter and read this article on Chris Evans. I did that while we were talking about it. I'm already getting recommendations because of that. Huh. That's how weird is that? but what's great about that is it, it pushes you to read things in other magazines that maybe you wouldn't even bother to pick up. Sure. Like, um, I don't know what I was listening to. I think it was um, the Accidental Talk Tech Podcast. Um, and somebody was saying that they ended up reading... They, I don't remember what the topic they had looked up. And it recommended them reading something in Mother Jones. And they're like, I would never have picked up Mother Jones, but I ended up reading this article in Mother Jones and it was great. So I think that's fantastic too, because it's giving exposure to them and to us, you know, like who knows, maybe mother Jones is amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, what did I, I like the, I like the discovery idea because there are too few opportunities for us to do that these days. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a huge fan of it and I'm not just being an Apple fanboy because if you guys haven't heard me talk about Apple, um, I will admit what I love and I will admit what sucks. I'm not a I'm not a on board with everything kind of person. When they when they fuck up, they fuck up. Sure. 
But I will say, though, I mean, in, in the long run of things, Apple gets more stuff right than they get wrong. Especially when it comes to privacy, especially after that Google conversation. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez. But I do, I do, I mean, I, honestly, though, there was a twinge of that that entered into my mind when we were talking about, when you were talking about the magazine feature, which is it's collating all that data on you so it can push content to you. But what else is that data being used for? Oh, uh, no, no, no. It's all done on device. It's not oh, collating really? shit. Oh, interesting. It, it, it downloads, it, they go into it in the actual thing. The, okay, so of all the four things that they mentioned, they had this list of things. Um, that they mentioned on every single one of them. Like, uh, I can't remember what the list was, but it was like six or seven things. And every time they would end up announcing one of the things, they would go through that list. And it was like they were saying, we are still committed to this. We're still committed to this. And on that list of all of them was privacy. Mm, And and they go, there's even part in there where they talk about, they're like, this is all done on device. They said, because we, no advertiser is going to know what you're reading and neither are we. Like they say it word for word. Oh, that's really cool. Yes, I love it. Okay. Um, you want me to do this last one? The importance of environment and vision? Yeah, might as well. Okay, so this this is where the pocket thing comes in, your pocket. Um, so this is going back to Atomic Habits with James Clear again. One of the things he talks about in here, this is something that's come up in a lot of other productivity things. Every time it does, it kind of hits me in the gut because it's so true. And he talks about how in order to create habits, in order to break habits, in order to um, to achieve certain things, even outside of productivity, the environment plays an enormous role. And he, is, there's actually a really, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link for this in the show notes. Um, there's a great interview from years ago that I ran across with this guy. I'd never heard of him. His name is Jim Bunch. And he was on, I think it was The Unmistakable Creative. And he talks about environment and in that episode, that guy had talked about this idea of putting things where you need them. Um, for example, you know, like a batteries for your flashlight. The mistake most people make is you've got your flashlight by the back door, we'll say, but you have your batteries in a drawer in the kitchen. No, nowhere <laughs> near the true. fucking flashlight. So take the batteries. If, you've, if you're putting them on, you know, like say you have a, a sink right next to the, the back door, put the batteries under the sink. Or put the batteries, tape the batteries to the back of the sink. So when you need them, they're where you need them. Um, and I took that to heart. I had bought an office chair at the time that I had heard that episode. And it come, came with this adjustment wrench. And I'm like, if I put this adjustment wrench somewhere, I'll never find it ever again. Sure. So I got a rubber band and I attached it to the chair. Now, whenever I need to, 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 to adjust the chair, the wrench is on the chair. That's pretty damn brilliant, actually. It's yeah, like fucking I, brilliant. The guy's genius. Yeah, that's that's. I wonder. I mean, there's so many things I do that for. Now that I'm going through my life and thinking of all the little knickknacks I have and how far the resources for said knickknacks are. Yeah, it's like having a drive, but then having the cord you need to connect it to the computer somewhere else. Yeah, sure. What yeah, good is sense. that? Yeah, why the hell wouldn't you just keep it all together? Yeah, like I actually, I'm looking at my one of my external drives. I have the cord rubber band <laughs> to it. It's rubber band <laughs> right to it. So you have taken the lesson to heart, my friend. Yeah. And that's not even... um, James Clear doesn't even talk about this. This is from that Jim Bunch thing. But he goes uh, further with this. And I just... I I connected to that because I was like, yes. Um, One of the things he says on here, for example, say you want to... um, You can use your environment. And I'm talking about James Clear now. You can use your environment to make things easier on yourself. 
So for example, if there's a habit you want to create, you can use your environment to make that happen. Say you want to draw more. Well, why wouldn't you just take the tablet, you know, the drawing tablet or whatever, and your pencil or your pens or your crayons and put them on the desk where you would draw. So they're already there. And every time you look at that spot, you go, oh, I could draw. Well, now you don't have to go take those tools out. They're already there. Boom. It makes drawing easier. Um, if you want to read every morning after you get out of the shower, how about after you make your bed, you put the book on your pillow and then go take a shower. When you come back, the book's there. Boom. Read. All these little tiny tweaks of using the environment, um, which I love. I love that. But he also talks about how you can do that um, to prevent bad habits. Like, um, this is really extreme, but I put it here because it's so extreme. Um, Say you watch too much television and you tell yourself, I only want to put on the television when I really, 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 really want to see something. Well, unplug the TV and put it in a cabinet. Oh. If you have to take that fucking TV out of the cabinet every time and plug it in, you're only going to take it out when you really, 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 really want to see something. Huh. Now that that's an extreme example, a more um, example of this is something I did in my life. When I wanted to stop using Safari on my phone, I buried it on the sixth page of a folder. Oh, sure. And I tell you what, I've used Safari on my phone like five times since I did that. It's a huge pain in the ass. It's a huge pain in the ass. It doesn't seem like that would be. That's a huge pain in the ass. And that's, it's, it's fantastic. It does wonders for changing things. Um, another thing, I don't remember how this... Um, sorry, there's one thing on here that's fascinating, but I don't remember how it's connected. Oh, it's associations. Yeah, so associate, associations are important. Um, he talks about um, a study where they were people had insomnia. And so what they told these people in the study to do is, if you're not tired, don't sit on your bed. Don't even go in your bedroom. Go to another room. And don't go in your room and go to bed and lay in your bed until you're actually sleepy. You can stay up as late as you want. And these people like started curing their insomnia because when they went near their bed, they get tired. Sure, because you changed the psychological association. Yes, exactly. And then the last part of this is that another part of environment, and this is the part where he brought in something... All those things I was familiar with, those ideas. But he finally, what I appreciate about this book is he does bring in things I haven't seen before. He talks about people as part of your environment. And this is something that I've been told before, but I never really thought about it because it's something I was told when I was a little kid. When I was told with a little kid, um, I was always hang out with people that are better than you. Um, and I, as I got to be a teenager, I used to make fun of it. I'd say, well, if they're better than me, then they must be losers because they're hanging out with somebody that's worse than them. Sure. Um, but what, he's, what he actually, the way he goes with it is he says, you want to hang out with communities where, with a culture where the, your desired behavior is considered normal. So if you want to be a jogger, you would hang out with people who jog every day. Sure, that makes sense. Because it's going to make that feel normal. It's not going to seem like a struggle. Like, oh, these people do it all the time. It's not that big of a deal. Sure. And I, that's the one I really wanted to talk about because I've been thinking about that 
And I've been thinking like, maybe I need to hang out with like really ambitious podcasters. Yeah, that makes logical sense. I mean, do you know any super ambitious podcasters? No, I don't. I don't know anybody that does anything that I do. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I don't know anybody that writes like novels. Yeah, I know poets. Well, I think about the environments in which certain artists and, and writers grew up, and how they're surrounded by other writers and artists, and how how. Like I, I think about the Rolling Stones and Andy Leibovitz, you know what I mean? Like they they basically discovered the world together, right? And actually, that's a really good example of this. In um, that's always happening is musicians. Musicians always hang out with musicians. Sure. I, I imagine if you were a musician, and you didn't hang out with musicians, your chances of actually putting out an album would be slimmer. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm literally certain. Like, three of my top ten best friends are like professional musicians. So I mean, you know, it's it's. I don't think I would have even conceived of doing writing a song and putting it out unless I had access to both those resources and that encouragement. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually the encouragement is a good thing you mentioned there, because there is you could hang out with musicians that are assholes. Yeah, that's true. That make you feel like shit. And then it does the opposite effect. And I could hang out with podcasters that are super competitive that want to stab me in the back. Yeah, that's true. It's about finding people where it's it's a positive community. Yeah, so the, 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 the encouragement is a big part of that equation. Yeah. I need to take a picture of this dog right now and send it to you. He's hey, like, by the way, um, I'm really sorry about... Um, like I, I think maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, all of a sudden, like my allergies kicked up. So I'm way nasal for anyone who's listening to this. You guys are getting snot lamb. Yeah, I have no idea what happened, man. I don't, I don't know what lamb. happened. It's not lamb. Snot lamb. You got to see this dog right now. He's just so, so now, so cute. now we're literally sending pictures to each other during the podcast. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, who gives a shit? Good point. All nineteen of you. <laughs> All seventeen of you. All twelve of you. It's going down. Numbers are shrinking. Did that go? Yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah, it's just, I could not resist. The dog just looks so fucking cute. I just want to eat him up every time I see him. Oh, how are the classes going, by the way? Tomorrow's graduation. Huh. So uh, it's a beginner class. You know, I, we, we, I say we because most of the learning was me. We learned some stuff. There's still a lot more to go. If you really want a dog to be really disciplined, I think, number one, you got to start when they're a puppy. If you sure. want it to be easy. Still can happen this way. It's just more frustrating. Um, it's tough. I'm I'm not always the most patient person because I think like a person, you know, like oh, you should be getting this. But like, then I thought about it the other day. I'm like, I'm a person talking to a dog, <laughs> right? So <laughs> let's let's just let's get the interspecies thing out of the way. If I was in Greece around other human beings. But they only spoke Greek, and I don't speak Greek. And they expected me to do things, and they told me to do it in Greek. I probably wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, that'd be pretty infuriating for all parties involved, sure. Now, add on top of that an inner species, and the person's completely unable to communicate in language by the way that their brain's designed. So my frustration is really my problem. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. Because I'm getting you set, frustrated. You the, well, you set the wrong expectation level. Yes, exactly. It's completely unrealistic for me to expect him to, quote unquote, 
get it. Sure. Training a dog is more like, um, for anybody that hasn't done this, training a dog is more like waiting for the right thing to happen and then going, yes, yes, yes. And then waiting a really long time for the right thing to happen and then going, yes, yes, yes. And hoping that you catch that behavior and encourage it enough times that they go, I want to keep doing that. Sure. People think it's about punishment. Punishment fucks the dog up. It makes training harder. You don't punish dogs. Yeah. Because they don't know what you're punishing. So you could punish the thing that you're trying to reinforce. So it makes it even harder. Sure, sure. Like if he accidentally pisses on the carpet because he gets too excited, he's not going to understand if I yell at him that I'm yelling at him for peeing on the carpet. He might think I'm yelling at him for standing in front of the dresser. And now he's never going to want to stand in front of the dresser. Yeah, or he's going to be scared of a certain shoe because he thinks he can't be near a certain shoe. Exactly. Because whatever he's looking at or whatever he's thinking about at that moment, that's what he's going to associate with it. Not with what you're thinking about. Sure. And that's a big lesson to learn. I wonder how much that applies to humans. You know, what's funny is um, in a lot of, I don't know, remember what conversation it was with who, but Tim Ferriss, oftentimes when there's a relationship conversation, he talks about a, do, a dog book training or a, a book about dog training. Um, and he, obviously every time he says, I'm not comparing women to dogs, he says, but there's something in that dog training book about understanding um reward and all of you know these mechanisms like what we're talking about right now he said that's really valuable and useful in a relationship one day i'll read that book yeah what do you have any idea what that book is i could probably use that right i i can find out because it's on my goodreads list so you should probably talk about something while i look huh um I mean, well, actually, let me ask you a question. What have you been, you know, you're talking about like redefining at the beginning of the episode, you're talking about, you know, like finding things that make you happy and, you know, fulfill you and things like that. What are those things? What have you been discovering about yourself? Oh, uh, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, I mean, there are certain things that I've reinforced that I've already known. Um, things like, for example, how much I really, really like social interaction with other people. Um, I guess one of the biggest things is realizing that happiness is a choice. Um, I don't think I don't think I was conscious, uh, nearly as conscious of that as I am now. um, Both in dealing with the sadness that I've dealt with, as well as trying to find ways to break myself out of that sadness. You know, like you can. It's not even a fake it till you make it. It's just a, a wanting to be positive makes you more positive inherently, and wanting to be happy um, and choosing to be happy will basically make you happy. <laughs> right. And it's and it's and it's odd how those mechanisms work because you wouldn't expect it to to function that way. Um, you know, you expect like it is what it is, right? So the whatever you're feeling is whatever you're feeling. Well you can kind of choose that. Right. If you're lucky. If you're aware yeah. enough, I should say. Yeah, if you're aware enough, sure. Yeah, it's a big part of the equation is being aware enough to to, to do it in the moment. But I think the the, the core of the journey for me these days is trying to be as present and aware as possible because that's what got me this damn mess in the first place is not being enough of that. Well, yeah, most of the big problems we all have, unfortunately, are from having our heads up our asses. Yep, head way up ass. I'm looking for that book still. Um, I will find it. Oh, shit. If I spell the word 
Oh, uh, you should see this. Horrible and, 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 and not knowing not knowing your head up your ass is, is tough. I mean, it's it, it it until someone like dislodges it violently, and I think that's what the end of this relationship is for me. Is just you know um, someone yanking my head out of my ass at high speed. Well, that almost you almost made a full circle there with that metaphor. It almost takes us back to the fart <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> Oh, Lord, help us. Um, I guess we should do our challenges then. I haven't even thought about what mine's going to be. Um, I am. Wow. Okay. This one's going to be, this one's going to be a really tough one. Oh, fuck. All right. I, this one, this one is making me, sh- making me lose my breath. Just saying it. I'm going to go on a date. Yikes. <laughs> I was not expecting that one. Yeah, so before the next episode, and I really don't think that it's it's not gonna be a date in the normal sense. This is like me refeeling the world again, I guess, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out a way to do that. All right. Um shit. Yeah, sorry, that's that's kind of a big one, dude. You know what though? I really fucking like these challenges and I feel like I'm kind of daring myself to do things. So I feel like every week I get more severe with them. Like, who the hell knew that last week I'd be like, I'm going to record a fucking song. <laughs> and then do it. Yeah, and then actually do it. So, you know what? I'm going to go on a damn date. I'm going to do that. Good for you. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I elect not to do that. Um, I can't find the dog training book right now. Sorry, people. I'll put in the show notes if I find it. Um, it's. I have a lot of books in my to-read list. <laughs> no, I can't imagine what your read list looks like. Uh, do you want to know the number? Oh, yeah, please. I would love to know the number. 7,696. Dear God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, that's bad. You could, read, you could read a book a week for the rest of your life and not finish that. Yeah, I'll be dead. Jeez. I just don't know what to do. <laughs> that is so many i don't i don't know that i the the sad thing about it is i don't know that when i want to read a book i ever dip into this list i usually just pick up the most recent book that sounded interesting oh i found the book the book don't shoot the dog by karen Pryor. okay don't shoot the dog got it all right i will find it okay my challenge my challenge i'm gonna i'm gonna continue off of mine um (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a multi-step thing, but I'm going to take that idea of those identity statements. I'm going to find out, I'm going to find the three that either uh, enforce something about myself that I don't like, the top three, or uh, enforce something about myself that I do like. I'm going to take those three and I'm going to do something really hippy-dippy. I'm going to make them daily affirmations and I'm going to say them to myself for the next seven days. And just see what happens. Interesting. Maybe nothing. But why the fuck not? Sure. All right. Let's shoot this in the foot, in the tail, in the ass, in the face. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of shooting. That's a lot of shooting. That is a lot but, of shooting. But unlike most cop TV shows, it still is enough bullets to not have to reload. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lizards, um, rock mutant children, werewolves, 
Bigfoot, if you're listening, talking to you too. Please go over to holyfoolproduction.com and give us some love, you know, subscribe to the newsletter, give us some money to support the show. Um, or, or you can do this. Actually, it could be an and or statement. How about go over to iTunes and review us? Give us, give us, you know, just a couple sentences. If you, if you actually listen to the show every week, please just go on iTunes and say something like that. Like I listen to the show every week. That's it. Yeah. Say nothing else. Yeah. You don't have to say like, you know, lamb is sexy and Chad um, has really bad jokes. Well, you could say that. Um, but you could just tell people you listen to it every week. That's yeah, enough. That's enough. That'd be great, actually. That's probably, that's probably the best compliment you can give us. <laughs> we only have one review on there right now because I never asked for them. Um, so I'm making the push right now. I know there are people, I, I see the numbers. I know there are people that come back consistently every week. So I'm talking to you, specifically you. All right. So, um, Lamb, is there anything you want to impose upon the audience and guilt them into? Um, <laughs> wow, dude, you, you, it seems like, see, I tried to prepare this week for you putting me on the spot. And, <laughs> and, it, just did, and it just didn't work. You son of a bitch. Um, let me think. I got nothing but curveballs, buddy. Um, take a take a person in your life and figure out how and why you love them. That's good. I was waiting for more, but that's that's good as no, is. That's just that's, a question. That's like and one then, of my that's like one of my short things where I'm like, and that's it, and you're like, oh. <laughs> well, it's 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 it, it defines my relationship and a lot of my reevaluating of my friendships right now is why why do you love that person? You know, what is it they the, what value do they bring to your life and what value do you bring to theirs? And stop taking that shit for granted, man. Mm. Wise words and don't shoot the dog. Don't shoot the dog. Okay, babies. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>